0: everyone. Thanks for checking out our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. As you can see, this is a little bit of a different setup if you're watching online. But what we're doing here is we hit a little bit of a summer schedule. So lots of crossed paths. Jeff and I are, uh, I feel like in one state, out of one state, in another country, in another one. We're just kind of totally ships in the night right now. And so what we're doing this summer to wrap it up is a few episodes taking a look back, taking a rewind, taking a look uh, at some of our best ofs, mixed messages, and bringing them back to the forefront. Things that have been the most helpful with a lot of our listeners, and taking a few weeks here just to look at what are some of these topics, what are some of these ways that God has helped us navigate all those mixed messages around us. So sit back and enjoy one of these throwback episodes as we explore what Jesus is doing and where he's calling us in the midst of all of these different messages. Thanks a lot. Jeff, how are we doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I um, I just had a little bit of bubbly, uh, <laughs> you know, the actual like uh, seltzer water thing, and I did uh, swallow a drop down the wrong pipe, so hopefully it doesn't affect us too much today, but I'm doing all right. Otherwise... I, l- I
1: let Joe know that if he was choking, I don't even think I'd get my arms around him, so I was gonna miss him. <laughs>
0: And let's talk about helping those in need. Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, today's uh, topic is actually from um, actually a unique submitted question. So um, we'll talk about this at the end of the episode. There's a way to do that every week. Um, But this is actually a hybrid question from two people that approached me in the lobby and said, hey, love the podcast. I have a question. Okay, great. (laughs) And so we kind of pulled these together. And so, Jeff, here it is. What do we do with kind of the large scale uh, behind the scenes theories like is what's happening today some type of uh, huge reset, a great reset of the power that's leading us to some type of one world order, or is it leading into the mark of the beast? And are all these actions really just trying to spark some type of civil war so that the government can be reshaken up, so we can become some type of communist, fascist, whatever? Like, and if so, what do we do? It's just a big question, Jeff. Just you know, just knock it out for us in about five minutes and yeah. let us know. <laughs> I I don't know, but yeah. And that wraps up today's episode. Yeah. No, but you know that a lot of people um, I know are at least tempted to start wondering if it's these things mm-hmm. and there are definitely people that are straight up wondering is the are these the signs that Jesus is talking about? Is this what's coming down the pike? Like, Jeff, help us understand at least where we're at today.
1: Yeah, so boy, that is a big question and probably uh we could do, maybe we should do, three, four episodes on just eschatology stuff and time stuff because uh, Jesus does give us signs of the times, uh, spe- especially like Ma- like a Matthew 24, and then there's other mm-hmm. places throughout the New Testament and yeah. even throughout the Old Testament. And so we call that eschatology. It's, it's the end of time. And uh, the return of Christ... Um, The return of Christ is 100%, without question, going to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, What people are really asking is, when is that going to happen? And is it tied to the circumstances that uh, we are living in now? And and what I would say is, we do not know when that's going to happen, and it might be tied to the circumstances we are in now, but we have to remember that the return of Christ isn't about me personally, it's very much about the kingdom of God and then the the spiritual battle between good and evil mm. and then that on a global scale. So you have to think that during the Civil War, during World War II, during the plagues of the Middle Ages, the black plagues where millions and millions of people are dying in the streets. Like, that they're asking these same questions. You know, they're, they're uh, Christ followers too, they have God's word, and they're looking at some of that. In fact, it's interesting, you go back into like the Renaissance and things like that, you'll see the paintings of hell and etc. And so these are not new questions and they are not unique to us. Um, if you ask me, uh, do I think the return of Christ is near? I will say, yes, but, hmm you have to understand that god views time differently than we do sure so i believe as i understand the scriptures and i don't purport to understand them perfectly nor do i want to argue about it Mm -hmm. Uh, but i believe that uh, as as i understand the prophecies of the scriptures and and uh kind of a theology of eschatology that I would look and say, yeah, I certainly think the the um, the uh, the return of Christ is closer than it was yesterday, right? Yep. I also understand that to the Lord, a day is a thousand years is like a day, and so if Jesus were to say, "I'll be there in the morning," I don't know what that equals mm. <laughs> in earth years, right? Yep. So. This is where, this is what I would highly discourage. Um, I, and the Bible specifically forbids some of this. Number one, I would discourage trying to set or calculate a date. Mm. And the Bible would forbid that, that Christ himself does not know the hour of the day. And there is always a quack or two out there (laughs) who thinks that they found uh, biblical math that they can add up the date. I remember being in high school, and someone had predicted and written a book that Christ was going to return for sure, no doubt about it, run up the credit cards (laughs) uh, in 1987. (laughs) Uh, I remember a a couple years ago, there were billboards, I remember seeing them in Philadelphia, I remember seeing them in Akron that for sure, without any question, Christ is going to return on this date in 2013. A couple years ago, a few years ago, it was the blood moons. Mm -hmm. And there's the blood moons, and this has never happened before, and not forever, and for sure, 100%. Uh, Christ is going to return because of the blood moon. So then, recently it was when uh, the planets aligned and caused the quote unquote Christmas star, mm-hmm. for sure, 100. percent And I'm like, if Jesus doesn't know, you don't know. <laughs> so quit trying to guess, and you're not. And we're not supposed to guess, and that's not the point of having the, those signs. So that's number one. Don't stop it. Like, stop trying to guess. Set, <clears throat> the second thing I would say is the point of Jesus giving us signs of his return is so that we are prepared and that we are urgent. Hmm. And the question of preparedness is a thing. That does not mean that we stock up the dry goods, that we dig the bunker and load up on ammo. <laughs> right? I, I literally had somebody talk to me about that one time and i said i asked them i said do you believe in the rapture and the taking up and the bible says that that uh, that there will be a time in the twinkling of an eye when believers will be taken up to meet the lord the believers who are alive on the earth at that moment and they said i absolutely do i said okay what are you going to do with your canned goods and your ammo then like <laughs> why and and is the return of christ a call for us to do guerrilla warfare. Like what Why? What are we talking about mm-hmm. here, right? And so I, I see all of that mixed together a lot. It's conspiratorial, it's uh, I, I figured out what nobody else figured out. If you make two plus two equal nine and subtract three and put in a zebra, that's the day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, stop it. Like none of that is what that's about. It's so that we have an urgency for proclaiming the good news of Jesus to the world around us, and secondly, so that we ourselves are prepared spiritually, uh, so that the Lord would we can meet the Lord at any in any moment. Now that being said, we live in a unique time in history. Sure. And um, what is absolutely true is when you go through. Uh, passages like Matthew 24, where Jesus says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and, you know, nation against nation and on earthquakes, on and on and on. You, can, you guys can read it. I encourage you to read it. What is true for us that has never been true before um, is that we don't have to speculate or be a conspiracy theorist to see how the end of time would play out, how prophecy would be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for instance, the Antichrist, he plays a big role, of course, in the end of time. So I asked this question the other day, actually, uh, I have a Bible study for men, um, and guys, you're all invited to it, it's 7 a.m. Tuesday morning at the Gent Road building, the Bath Campus, down in the community room. Coffee's on. Virtual to you? Uh, yeah. Also, uh, virtual. If you email in, we'll send you the Zoom link, and you can join in if you want. So, we've been going through the Gospels for three years, and we happen to be in Matthew chapter twenty-four Talk right about now. That. <laughs> right. So, um, as I was talking to them in Matthew twenty-four and other places in Scripture, you can get kind of an image of what the end of time will look like. For instance the Antichrist will have governmental authority globally. And I said to the guys, I said, if he was gonna have governmental authority globally, what governmental uh, organization would he use? And they're like, the UN. I'm like, right. Do you understand that our grandfathers could not answer that? Right? I don't think the UN is evil, but, when we think about, man, if there was ever one organization that would take over the world, we're like, yeah, you would use the UN. It's a global organization. See, that's new. The, the Bible says in the end of time that some events are going to happen and people, are, the whole world is going to see it at once. And I'm like, what would we, how would we see it at once? And the guys are like, well, the internet. I'm like, right. Do you understand that 20 years ago, you would have had to speculate. Mm -hmm. 50 years ago, it would have been almost impossible. 75 years ago-
0: You were a sci-fi crazy person.
1: You were nuts. (laughs) So you think about it. The Bible seems to say that there'll be a control of money, Mm -hmm. a one world banking system. And I said to the guys, "Um, how could that be? And they were guessing and I said, you know there is one now already we just call it visa mastercard like i i can get cash anywhere on the planet Mm -hmm. now i can use my visa card anywhere i'm like it's already there so we don't speculate about those things where generations in the past would have speculated about that it would be it would be very different today um when we look at things um of how I'm not saying that those things are the things. What I'm saying is we don't have to like make up how this would happen. Uh, in the end of time, the Antichrist and the and the false prophet will control information. We're like, you mean social media, right? Three, four companies do that now, and I'm not against Facebook. <laughs> don't, right. See what I was saying? I'm like, don't turn this into a conspiracy. I'm just saying, What's unique is when I say the Antichrist will control information, how will he do it? We're like, well, you just take over Google. And I'm like, right. There's no conspiracy. Right. There's no deep thought there. That is unique. And then the thing that is most unique to us is that Israel exists as a nation. That's a big part of prophecy. And... the majority of people alive today have grown up with Israel being a country. That had not been the case for almost 6,000 years, right? I mean, when you think about them being an independent, powerful nation, you're you're back into David and Solomon. Uh So when I say like the return of Christ Yeah, I think it's soon. I'm like, yeah, sooner rather than later. I mean, that's what I think. Like, when? I don't know what God's timeline is, and he told me not to guess at it. Mm -hmm. What he told me to do was be aware, to be prepared, and to be urgent. And if we spent the time sharing Jesus and loving our neighbor that we spent trying to figure out the day of his return, it would be much better invested time.
0: Yeah, it seems like if your investment is into the when and the where and all that kind of stuff, that it's actually taking away from uh, that same energy to be actually prepared and actually be urgent. Now, I'm going to purposefully dial into this in a little bit of detail. So, how how do we get prepared and like build that out for us a little bit, Jeff? Like, prepared for what? Because... W- You already said it a couple minutes ago, it's not just building up storehouses and getting your bunker ready. So prepared for what? Like, how do we do that biblically?
1: So the way that I understand eschatology, and all of our listeners and viewers need to know that there's many ways to understand eschatology, but the Grace Church uh, theology and the way that I understand eschatology is that the next major event is what we often call the rapture or the taking up. And when the scripture talks about the rapture, it says it will happen in a twinkling of an eye. Uh, so, the twinkling of an eye is if um, if I'm sitting here and you walked in, Joe, um, me recognizing you is a twinkling of an eye. Right. So, faster than I could say it or respond to you, I'm like, uh, you know, it's a twinkling of an eye. Like a thief in the night right. is the way the scripture says it. So, As I understand uh, eschatology, the next major event is the rapture. And so I would want to be prepared for that. I would want to be prepared to be caught off guard by God doing his will and his work. Hmm. Right? Now, what does that, how does that play out specifically? So I did this little thing in my Bible study with the guys. and, And my Bible study i love those guys we love being together we're snarky with each other i really let my hair down there and they really fire back at me so that's important for what i'm about right to right because i put them in a gotcha moment <laughs> and i wouldn't do that like at church sure. <laughs> you know so kind of doing that with guys that i know a little bit but we went through the signs of the times and, and wars rumors of wars famines earthquakes you know natural phenomenon all that kind of stuff and i said guys let's do something i said Let's go back in the last 50 years, which is a millisecond in history, right? And let's, without speculating, list wars, rumors of wars, nation rising against nation, which would be people group against people group, racial strife, ethnic strife, and uh, famine and natural disaster. Let's just list it. So I had a whiteboard And we just started – guys just started calling out historical facts, not like uh, creating something. Like there was the Vietnam War. and and So we just started listing these things. We filled that whiteboard up (laughs) with with historical facts. I said, okay. I said, can we agree that these issues have dominated the history of our planet in the last – 50 years and we didn't even get them all on there because you're doing it basically from a north american perspective and we were like yeah we just filled up a whiteboard and we didn't even try right and they're like yeah we didn't even try i said so what this is how eschatology works jesus gave us signs of the times we weighed the signs of the times and we without effort agreed that many of them are being met right Mm -hmm. right okay, why is your kid in soccer practice and not in Sunday school? (laughs) And and there was like, I'm like, that's how this plays out. Uh My kid can throw a fastball, doesn't even know who the disciples are. And you just prove to yourself that we probably live closer to the end of time than not. And our lives are caught up and in, in governed in such a way that we don't even think about Jesus' return. And there was like, and like I said, I would never gotcha at church. <laughs> if, when you bring your friends to church, I don't do that. These are kind of like guys that are used to that, you know, mm-hmm. we're, play, we're playing a little bit. They all kind of laugh like you just did. <laughs> right. They're like, ah, got me, uh-huh. you know, kind of thing. But I'm like, that's why we know these things. So. When you're like, what do you do? I'm like, well, you define your priorities. You order your life. You weigh your relational investments. You look at your children, right? Um, I I uh, I am very, I have been for many years, very scared that our children know the rules of soccer and do not know the heart of God. And the reason they don't know the heart of God is because their dad won't let them miss a soccer practice, but he won't make the effort to have them in church. And he's not doing the discipleship himself. Just being honest, right? So if I believe that I'm close to the end of time, those are the kind of things that start to motivate me. I'm talking to my neighbor about the Browns, and I know nothing about his soul. Not a thing in the world talking. I like talking sports. Not, not a thing in the world wrong with talking about the Browns, but if I believe the return of Christ is soon, then my neighbor's going to be left here with the Browns, and I'm going to be out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, and it's those kind of things that that's why Jesus tells us this stuff, not not so we can pin it down, but so it 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 orients us. In fact, the some of the language he uses. Is he says, when you see this wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, these different natural phenomena, the love of many growing cold, the weakening of the church, all those kinds of things. He says, um, these are the beginning of birthing pains. Mm-hmm. So when, when Heidi goes into labor, we go into action. We don't know how long the labor would last. Sure. You know, our kids are older now, but, you know, like when those contractions are two minutes apart, you go to the hospital. Now they may last a day, right? Right. You don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. I don't know. Um, but but you would. I'd have to believe we're in labor uh-huh. right now. When when you and it's not because things are not going well in North America. You have to view these things globally. Uh-huh. Um, and when you when you look at wars globally, f- pandemics globally, famines globally. Uh, the rise of overt godlessness globally. Uh, I was reading Daniel chapter five this week, and Daniel was uh, confronting uh, Belshazzar, the king, and he said, you proudly defy the living God. And when you see that happening globally, I'd I'd put my antenna up if I was you. (laughs) Now, is that going to happen for, is it a day or so? thousand years? I don't know. I have no idea. None. Yep. But Peter talks about uh, people who say, um, maybe it's Paul, I think I mixed my references up, but the the New Testament talks about people who will mock God and say, uh, when is this return going to happen that you always speak of? And the scripture says, yeah, don't, uh, it's coming, you know, And and you need to be prepared for it.
0: Let me look that passage up real quick. Over yeah, I, did you I, was, already? I was trying to. I think I <clears throat> m- might have found it. <clears throat> uh, nope, never mind. That's okay, wrong, <laughs> wrong reference. But <clears throat> while you looked that up, um, so I, I love how you're talking about this preparation. It's all about defining these priorities, ordering your life, weighing those investments. You know, looking to the people around us we have influence in. <clears throat> this is like making sure that we have a heart for what, well, for God himself, but then also his priorities, because there are things that are more important than a lot of our hobbies, which you got into. Now, you kind of segued there into the other thing, which is to be urgent. Mm -hmm. And I love the pregnancy metaphor. Christ uses it. You just reiterated it. We're not just in the ninth month, if these things are kind of the way that we think they might be, but it's like the contractions are starting to get regular. So if we're to be urgent what do we do, right? Do we, do we just go start telling people they're wrong? Do we just go urgently start telling people their perspectives are off? Do we start to defy anything governmentally that kind of goes against what Jesus wants to do? Like, if we're going to be urgent, which I think some people feel that, I definitely think the people that ask this question are starting to feel some urgency. Mm-hmm. What should those urgent actions start to look like? Did you find that reference? I did.
1: The, I was right the first time. It's Second Peter chapter three, verses one through thirteen, and I'll let you guys read all that on your own. Um, but that's the passage I was thinking of. I I think that urgency looks like um, a couple of things. Uh, the greatest commandment: love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor. as Yourself. Number one, I would say, do I love the Lord? You know, uh, one of the things that COVID—my friend said this. He said, COVID called your bluff spiritually. And I would say 2020 called our bluff spiritually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I put my faith in a system or my faith in a kingdom, a savior? Uh, Do I put my faith in an election or do I put my faith in the fact that I'm part of the elect? Right. Right? You know, and so— I would first I would look and say, is my heart dialed into the heart and the mind of Christ? And is Christ defining and directing my life? My my hope, if I if Christ returns in my life time, I hope he catches me being godly. <laughs> I want I wanna minimize the options for him catching me being godly. Ungodly. Yep. Right. I want to be like Christ. I want to know the power of His resurrection, and I want to join with Him in His sufferings. I, I want. I want that to be the hallmark of my life. And so, it, you, something you would do, kind of number one, is you would get serious about your walk with God. Mm-hmm. If you believe that you're going to be looking Jesus in the eye, um, that's a sobering thought. And I would encourage you to get serious about your walk with God. Then I would love your neighbor, your first neighbor is your spouse and your family. If you believe that Jesus' return is soon, are you discipling your children, mm-hmm. right? And, and um, if you believe that persecution, some people are so worried about the governmental things, they're like, we're gonna get persecuted. Okay, let's, let's, let's uh, theorize for a minute that you're right. Is, your, is the answer to that dance class you know, we we have to ground our children in their knowledge of the heart and mind of God. And our kids are being bombarded with falsehoods because they they have been taught by their parents to Google it instead of go to God's word for it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to handle the scripture, they don't know the scripture, they're not around it, they're not under their teaching. And I'm not trying to harp on this, and I'm not trying to give anybody a guilt trip. I'm just giving facts, yep. right? It, it's the way of it. And, and um, I need to love my family enough to make sure that they know the heart and the mind of Christ, and mom and dad, and dad, if, if, uh, if it's appropriate, especially you, need to set that pace with gentleness and respect. Men, you need to step up. Mm-hmm. And you need to step up spiritually and lead your families, right? And then the other way that I'd have that play out is my, my relational neighbor. Who are my friends and people that I know and love that do not know the hope and the love of Jesus? And I would literally uh, when, when I wanna talk to somebody about something spiritual, it's funny, if I wanna talk to somebody about something financial or something spiritual, I tell them that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. And it takes all the defensiveness out of it because if you don't wanna talk to me, then you don't meet with me. Sure. right? And so I will literally look at people and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something that I, I was I was thinking about you or praying about you and I had some thoughts about your interaction with God. Can we have coffee about that? i like to I like to know what you think about that mm-hmm. by the way ninety nine percent of the time people if you're their friend, they'll talk with you about that and so your neighbor, and then lastly, kind of your corporate neighbor, it's what we would do as a church. It's game day, it's missions, it's it's starting new campuses like. We would corporately put our energy into reaching our neighbors. Those are the pri- they're supposed to be the priorities that drive us, anyways, mm-hmm. right? But but if I'm um, if I'm uh, really believe the Lord is going to return, there's an urgency to that. What what's fascinating is this: Jesus talks about these birthing pains. It's it's fascinating to me that. Um, when we're gonna have our first child, we spend all kinds of energy for the child to come home. Get the nursery ready, get the furniture, the baby showers, all that kind of stuff. You put that in the in the contrast of the energy we spend for the birthing of the child. <laughs> a Lamaze class or two and then you go see your doctor, right? The birthing of the child is the most vulnerable point mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes in our evangelism we're like um, we'll dance around it. We'll be friends, we fit in, we don't want to be weird, you know to, And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm all for that. I do it too. you know it's certainly there's an appropriate part of it, but I'm like, but there's souls at risk. When do we ask the actual critical questions uh-huh. and get the actual critical information? And if it if the Lord's going to return in a twinkling of an eye, you don't get to go back and catch that up. No, right.
0: <clears throat> the uh, that that urgency piece, Jeff, I think is so important. And and then the relational side. I love how you said that because it often does take, even if it's going to be Frank to set it up it takes a a relationship to often have a valuable conversation i just had a friend of mine um it might have been just a couple of weeks ago say he how fascinating they're finding the idea of passion and how it follows relationships Hmm. and where they're like you know um well he put it in the context of uh parents that have uh let's say children with autism oftentimes those parents weren't necessarily passionate about autism before they found out that their child was on the spectrum. And then suddenly they're very passionate about how do we do this appropriately? How can we help and resource other families? Which in that regard, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. But the relationship drove that new passion right and so um this person was talking about their personal experience with for instance uh mentoring kids and students that happen to live in like an inner city setting an underprivileged setting and they were like i didn't ever think i'd be someone that was necessarily interested in that but they're like then i met a few of them Mm -hmm. and now i'm like i can't shake my opportunity to go invest in their lives and specifically Like you were saying, like, dads, parents, rise up, invest in your children. There's a lot of children, maybe it's just even your niece and nephew, that if they don't have that spiritual oversight where maybe their parents don't care or your neighbor's parents, the kids don't care, like, you have an opportunity to be someone that can be urgent and intentional in building those relationships, whether it's kids, peers, whatever. But if you're like, I'm not that passionate about that, well, maybe go try to start a relationship and see what God does in you. Yeah. So um, I love this urgency. I love the preparedness. Um, I want to dive into something specific here that was a part of this question, because let's say I'm listening and I, okay, Jeff, I got my head on my shoulders. I get it. This isn't conspiratorial. I don't have to go do all these things but I've read about this thing called the mark of the beast. And Mm -hmm. somewhere that intersects with everything we've been talking about, and there's language in the scriptures that says, if you have the mark of the beast, you're out. Right. You're not in the family of God. So what do we do with that? I know that there are people out there, they're nervous that they're gonna accidentally find themselves with the mark of the beast, and that was never their intention, Mm -hmm. and now they find themselves on the outside looking in.
1: Well, if you are this, as I understand the Scripture, if you are this side of the rapture, you won't be here anyways. Mm -hmm. So if you're a a follower of Christ, uh, I would would hold what's called a pre-trib position. And like I said, I do not want to argue about this. (laughs) Whenever I start talking about this stuff, I get 400 emails and people wanting to dialogue, and and I am not interested. I I love you, though. I love you. Just been there, done that. So I would hold what's called a pre-trib position, right? And so what that says to me is that the church, the true church of Jesus Christ, will be taken up before the tribulation occurs. And as I understand the scriptures, the mark of the beast will happen during the tribulation. So you will not accidentally take it. Uh, you won't be here for it to uh, exist or to happen, okay? Um, So I wouldn't worry about that. It's not in the new vaccine. Right. I've heard that. (laughs) That's crazy, right? Um, So don't worry about that. And you're not going to stumble into it somehow.
0: Yeah. I was just reading um, something even kind of in preparation for this, and I loved this simple phrase. The person said, the mark of the beast is meant to be a divider for loyalty. Mm -hmm. That it's meant to be, are you with the Lord or are you with the world, basically. And so even these people's propensity to ask this question, you're not going to stumble into something because this is about setting your feet down in your loyalty to Christ or not. Right. And getting the new iPhone or getting a vaccine or whatever has nothing to do with your loyalty to Christ.
1: That's correct. It's a a visible mark, Mm -hmm. as I understand the scripture. And that's right, it's, it's, it's a loyalty mark, and it's also gonna be a, a, a tool of economy. Like mm-hmm. You're going to have to have it. Right. Think of a driver's license when you're getting on an airplane, or a passport. Like you have to have it, it's a, it's a tool. And so it's gonna serve all kinds of purposes like that. Um, people who refuse it during the tribulation uh, will, will suffer and then eventually lose their lives Uh, But people who receive it are condemned by it, is what the Scripture, uh, I think, teaches. Mm -hmm. But you will not accidentally step into it. And if you are a Christ follower, you will not be here Mm -hmm. uh, to even have to make the
0: decision. That's awesome. That's very helpful, and I hope reassuring for our listeners. Well, this has been... A fun topic, yeah. <laughs> a, I just say we one. could
1: spend a long, long time on it. We yep. can go, you can go down on the rabbit hole if you want. <laughs> and, I,
0: and, I, and I do think over the course of our pathway here in mixed messages that version, not versions, but different aspects of this mm-hmm. will show up in future episodes for sure. Um, I just want to remind the listeners of a few things: be urgent and be prepared. Go after the relationship that you have with the Lord, and then try to help others have that same vibrant relationship with Him. That's the pinnacle of all of the End Times Conversation. Are we ready to embrace God? And have we helped others uh, get ready themselves? That's right, absolutely. Um, and so as we kind of wrap up today's episode, of course, if you have any questions, maybe it's along these lines, maybe it's a follow-up to this topic, uh, or maybe it's about something else that's going on, you can always submit those at bath.gracechurches.org mixed messages uh, And of course, if we can help you take any unique steps in your faith or maybe you just need more resources on some of these topics we would love to help you to do that so feel free to reach out of course subscribe to this on your uh, with your podcast or there on YouTube follow us on social media you can always send our team a direct message we'd love to help you out in your faith journey and of course you can always join us at Grace Church on the weekends whether in person or virtually well again thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all of the mixed messages around us love you guys